0: Moncrief on News Talk. New Jersey had four governors in the span of eight days in early 2002. The shortest term of those was served by John Farmer Jr. for 90 minutes. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. Our WhatsApp number is oh eight seven fourteen hundred one zero six. It's time for how to when we address the sorts of decisions we don't take every day. Today is how to administer someone's estate. We're imagining it's, a, it's a, a, a relative, a parent or an aunt or an uncle or whatever, uh, who's just recently passed away. Bernadette Parl is a solicitor and uh, deals in these matters quite frequently. Bernadette, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Sean. Now, the, the happy outcome here is that, you know, your uh, your mother sadly passes away. There's a will. You know where the will is. If that's the situation, is it all pretty much straightforward then? It's pretty much
1: straightforward if there's a will, if it's clearly written, if it's valid, which means that it's uh, in writing, there's two witnesses to it and goes to the probate office and the assets, say, are in Ireland and might be a property and a bank account. That's a straightforward type of will that can typically be wrapped up, generally speaking, not allowing for COVID and the delays that happen there Mm. in about a year.
0: Really? Even yeah. when it's straightforward, it can take you Oh, in. yes, absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the So, so ha, what's the process? Now, generally speaking, if there is a will, is the will just kept in a drawer in the home or does the solicitor have the, a copy of the will? It,
1: it all depends. I mean, a lot of people ask their solicitor to retain their will for them, their original will, because it's essential for the original will to be kept safely. I am certainly aware of people who put them in biscuit tins in the home <laughs> and... Uh, that the relatives then spend ages taking houses apart, looking for the elusive will. Um, you should, always, if you, if you have made a will, just make sure it's in a safe place. That's all I would say, because it's really essential that it can be found and if you made know, it,
0: and people know where it is. Mm. So, so we're, and This is like the best case scenario. They've found the will in the biscuit tin. They've brushed the crumbs off it, uh, and say there's a, there's a, a house in a bank account. So, how do you go about? liquefying those assets.
1: So then the if there's a will, it means there's executors appointed and assuming that the executors want to do the mm. job of administering the estate, what they're asked to do is to gather up information about the assets and any debts from the estate. So that involves writing to banks, writing to the HC, say, for example, somebody's in a nursing home, they may have availed of the fair deal scheme, all that type of information. And that's all gathered also very important for people is to gather PPS numbers of deceased executors and beneficiaries and if for example you've got a beneficiary who lives abroad and maybe doesn't have a, an Irish PPS number one of the first things to do is write and get right to the client identity services to get that PPS number because at the point where you want to distribute the estate if the PPS number isn't available, it can cause huge delays. It might take three months to get a PPS number. Okay. That's just one tiny thing. Yeah. But um, so, the, so the executor gathers all of that information and then typically they might go into their solicitor and the solicitor will prepare papers for the probate office and will also prepare a document called a statement of assets for revenue, which sets out all of that information about the person's assets, beneficiaries, et cetera.
0: Right. Okay. And then is it then up to the administrators to contact the bank and
1: and then well that, that kind of what stuff. happens then once those papers have gone in, uh, people then have to exercise patience because it can take four or five months at least to get the grant of probate from the probate office, and at that point then. The, either the solicitor acting for the executor or the executor themselves writes to the bank, sends them a copy of the grant of probate, says, "Can we have our money?" The bank sends loads of forms out, fill those in. They look for identity documents to make sure you are who you are, the person entitled. And the estate is distributed, and that's a that's a lovely straightforward type yes, of estate. Of
0: course, it won't always be. Uh, and so we get into the more complicated aspects of this. Uh, someone's already texted in an example. Uh, my mother left the house to my youngest brother, but there are six of us. We didn't get anything in the will. Is there a way to contest that? The youngest sibling looked after my father until he died, so the house was left to him. The straight answer is
1: yes, uh, children can contest wills, can and do contest wills on a regular basis. What the court will look at is the whole circumstances of the family, how well the parents provided for them when they were alive, what level of education they have, etc. So, whilst family, whilst children can make that application. They won't necessarily get something from the estate. The court mm. has to decide, did the parent make proper provision for that child during their lifetime? And of course, children have no automatic entitlement to a share in their parents' estate, although that's not a, not a well-known fact. Yes.
0: The, the, um, um, so then in, in that kind of instance, when 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 some of the children are contesting a will, from a financial point of view, could it be... <laughs> actually get them in debt rather than uh, um, be a beneficiary? Because I assume taking this kind of a court case is going to cost you money and a lot of time.
1: A lot of time, an awful lot of money. And if the court, uh, quite often the court will decide if the if the child in question who took the case, if there was merit to that claim, the costs of bringing that expensive legal action come out of the estate. So all diminished the value of the estate if the court decided that the claim was vexatious or frivolous the applicant themselves the child may have to bear the costs of the oh, case oh
0: wow okay mm. right so so it, it, there is, we, we still have a will um, they've appointed an um, um, executor if that person doesn't want to be an executor what happens then?
1: Then an application can be made by another member of the family to uh, act as the administrator of the estate. The terminolo- uh, terminology just changes a bit. Yeah. And you apply for, instead of applying for a grant appropriate, you apply for a grant of, of uh, administration, will annexed, it's called.
0: Right. Okay. Does that take long?
1: <laughs> Does it, it, doesn't, it doesn't necessarily take any longer per se. Yeah. It's about determining where somebody either doesn't want to act as executor, which is why it's very important when you're making your will, make sure yeah. that the executors know they're being appointed and that they're actually willing and able to do the job. Mm. If they don't want to do it or you haven't made a will, you uh, an administrator can be appointed and that, be the, that will be the next of kin. And say, for example, both parents had died and you've got six brothers and sisters, any one of those siblings, uh, children can take out the grant, but there can be a disagreement amongst them as to who should do it. That delays matters. Any delays in relation to probate can result in tax complications. So... First of all, I would certainly advise people to make a will mm. and uh, make a will clearly, make a will pointing executors who want to do the job and are capable of doing it to try and avoid these potential mm. challenges down the road.
0: Uh, if, if there's more than one executor and they disagree with each other, what happens?
1: Any disagreement that people can't resolve simply ends up before the probate court. Yeah. That's the straight answer, yeah. short answer. If
0: you have, say, five kids in the family but uh, a parent appoints only two of those kids executor. Can the remaining three say, no, I want to be an executor as well? <laughs>
1: No, no, no. I mean, yeah. if they've if the parents have made a will that's valid, you know, they've got capacity. There's no undue influence, or none of that can be established. No, there wouldn't be. The, the, you, and again, an application can be brought to the court, mm. but most times the court wouldn't uh, take would take a dim view of an application like right. that, where there's perfectly good executors appointed.
0: Yeah. Uh, another listener says, I know your guest is a solicitor, but is it not OK to just write a will down and keep it safe? Do you have to see a solicitor?
1: You do not have to see a solicitor. Ah. Uh, certainly, as a solicitor, we we advise people to get professional advice because it's not only the writing of the will, it's the advice about tax and all of that, other mm. information. But there's nothing to stop people making a will but they must ensure that they comply strictly with the formalities. And, uh, you know, one example is always uh, the case of John O'Donoghue, the fantastic uh, poet and writer, but not so great at writing will, unfortunately. <laughs> and he, when he made his will, he made it, he didn't date it. He, uh, one of the witnesses was his mother, who was the main beneficiary, That's a big no-no. You can't have witnesses who will benefit. So there are very specific, and that will was deemed to be invalid due to a lack of certainty. So it's really important that if you decide to make your own will, just be really, really particular about it. And there's loads of examples of you know, judges and solicitors who make their own wills and make a hames of it as well. So uh, it's always if you if you make your own will, get somebody maybe to have a look over it.
0: Yeah. Uh, can your contributor confirm that in joint bank accounts, the surviving spouse has automatic entitlement to funds prior to probate, etc. Spouse has entitlement to their home, even if will to someone else.
1: Yes. If there's joint assets, the uh, the Asset passes under the law of survivorship to the surviving person, yeah, to the surviving spouse, and yep, and and in those situations where, for example, even if there is a will, if somebody's gone has a will, but they've got their assets are either jointly held or they're of a certain amount, a fairly like a low a lowish amount of say twenty five thousand and under. In those situations, you might not have to take out a grant of probate. You can write off to the bank. The bank will again send forms. You send death certificate in and you won't necessarily have to take out the grant.
0: Right. So say you have a couple. Mm. They buy a house together. It's in both their names. The marriage splits up. One party moves out. The one remaining in the house forms a new relationship. That relationship could go on for decades, but never changes the deeds on the house, then drops dead the house still belongs to the per, to the the first person
1: potentially. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's one of the reasons why it's so important to regularise your yes, affairs yeah. and make sure that if you if you get separated a decree of divorce, it covers succession act rights. Mm. And uh, yeah,
0: that's essential. Yeah, yeah. can and I mean, is it common that, that you know when somebody dies? There are surprise beneficiaries or people turning up saying, well, what about me? I'm on some money here.
1: Oh, yeah. You can have surprise beneficiaries. When the new Cohabitancy and uh, Civil Partnership Act came in, that brought in a whole new um, branch of people who can make claims against an estate. So cohabitants, for example, don't have an automatic entitlement under, to a share in, in a loved one's estate, but they can make an application to the court. And uh, that cohabitant may have split up from the person who died several years ago and may mm. still be able to make that application. So you could have ex-girlfriend, boyfriends coming out of the woodwork oh, and making boy. an application. So, uh,
0: yeah, well, actually, does somebody want to know, can grandkids contest a will if nothing is left to them?
1: Not to my knowledge, they could the the basis on which a grandchild or anybody could contest a will is if they had evidence or they were of the view that the deceased was under undue influence, and you know it goes to the to the uh, heart of the will that the person who made the will didn't have capacity and sh- didn't mean to make the will and you often have these cases yeah. of say grandchildren working on a farm, and all of a sudden. Uh, on on the understanding that they were going to be left the farm and then it's given to somebody else who had nothing to do with it, that type of claim might be brought and would be a valid one. But grandchildren... Uh, They're not in a separate category, a special category like spouses and civil partners and children.
0: Yeah. Uh, On that subject, my uncle was a farmer and he died recently. He was a bachelor. So my cousin is the executor of his will. And we are getting concerned about the state of the farm while we await the reading. We've gently encouraged him to start the process, but he's dilly dallying for some reason. And meanwhile, the farm needs tending to before all my uncle's work this season is lost. Can we force the executor to get moving?
1: The executor has one year from the date of death to begin the process, at least Uh begin it and make proper progress on it, as an executor cannot be sued prior to one year from the date of death when that one year has passed actions can be brought to either replace the executor with somebody else or to force their hand to get moving and to take proper action in relation to the administration of right, the estate yeah.
0: but yeah if it's a year and this person is worried about this season then mm, that doesn't maybe not look good for the farm, or at least for this year. Uh, can right of residence be challenged? House left to one sibling in the will with a right of residence. The remaining three don't agree with it.
1: Uh, I think the answer to that is tough. If it's a valid right of residence in a will, the person who's made the will has decided that that's an appropriate uh, provision to be made for somebody. It's, a, it's valid. It's a, there's no reason why that should be uh, not Mm. recognised
0: I have an EPOA in place from my mother who has Alzheimer's do the rights to access her bank accounts uh, through that terminate immediately on her death morbid I know but thinking practically and knowing she will have left enough to cover her funeral expenses will I be legally allowed to use her money for that
1: Uh, the EPOA is an enduring power of attorney yeah that is relevant when somebody loses their capacity and it ends at the it, the function of that ends when the person dies. The whole issue about access to uh, bank accounts etc uh, g- goes to who is the executor or if there isn't an executor, who's the administrator of the estate and um, in relation to funeral expenses, banks, are good at paying out funeral expenses at the beginning. If somebody produces a death certificate, produces an invoice from a funeral director, typically speaking, banks prior to grants issuing or any of that pay up. So I wouldn't be too concerned about the payment of funeral Mm. expenses.
0: Right, Okay. Now... uh... I don't know if this is something you, you would even deal with. Uh, what about someone's social media accounts? How do you close that?
1: Oh, that that has become <laughs> that's how that I tell the story. Yeah, that, that has become problematic in in recent times because uh, passwords and and now certainly mm. as a solicitor we ask clients you know, what social media accounts do you have? Can you give me passwords? All of that information because it's relevant. And in terms of accessing photos, etc., it is a problem. So if you want people to access your social media accounts when you're gone, you need to leave people passwords for that because otherwise it'll be very difficult dealing with the organisations yes. trying to get that information out of them.
0: Uh, we are chasing the sorting out of my mother-in-law's will. Uh, with uh, for eight months, my husband is the only beneficiary, and only for he approaches the solicitor concerned. He has had no contact from the solicitor in relation to his inheritance. It's like pulling teeth. Is this normal? Not being contacted from the solicitor. Our worry is CAT is due in September, and we're concerned about interest and penalties will be applied if the probate isn't sorted.
1: Uh. You would hope your solicitor would be in contact with you, and if the solicitor is the executor, they should make contact with you, and uh, it would be a regular certainly in relation to CAT and payment of tax. There's different dates that apply. Some dates apply. Some valuation dates for for capital acquisitions tax apply to uh, may apply fairly soon after the death. If somebody, say, was living in a house and are receiving the benefit from it, but for most people, I'd be pleased to hear is after the grant is issued, say it issues on the 1st of August of 2023, CAT isn't payable until the 31st of October 2024. But anyway, that, that's the type of information yeah. you ought to be getting from your solicitor. Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: And, uh, absolutely. The, now, we haven't even talked about what if there, will. it hasn't been made, I think, suffice to say, just bloody make one, for God's sake. It's Absolutely. a nightmare otherwise. So I'll ask you two, uh, two final quick questions. If a parent doesn't have capacity and you think a will is made, but you're not sure, what should I do?
1: If somebody has, say, say somebody gets a diagnosis of early onset dementia or, or dementia at the beginning, they might often, often I find in practice, they go off and they they approach the solicitor, they make a will, enduring power of attorney. And just because somebody has a diagnosis of, say, dementia, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean they don't have testamentary capacity. Testamentary capacity just means that you understand the document you're making, transfers your assets upon death. You understand you've considered the people that you ought to be considering, which is spouse of a partner, children, typically. And you have a good understanding of the value of the the assets in your estate. Mm. So um, what if somebody is of a particular age, if they're particularly elderly, they're frail, anything like that, a solicitor, it's good practice for a solicitor to contact their doctor and get what's called an affidavit of testamentary capacity, saying that they had capacity when they're making the will. So if down the road there's a challenge and somebody says they lacked capacity when they made that will, if you have this affidavit, it's very useful because you can say, actually, they, they did lose it afterwards, but they did have it when they made the will.
0: Uh, We have separated. How do I get the house into my name? I have a letter from my husband signing it over to me. I want to leave it to my son. Mm. If he's if just written a letter, that means he hasn't signed it into her name. No,
1: you have to go through formal processes in relation to transfer of property. It has to be done formally. I would say go to your solicitor, get advice on that, mm. and there's then and then you can, of course, make a will transferring the property on death to your
0: son. Uh, if I divorce my, I think we're into uh, um, <laughs> I think we're into divorce law now. If I divorce my husband and our house is owned by his dad, what are my rights? If I don't right.
1: Okay. So so the house is owned by the father. Yeah. Okay. And uh well it's it's the father's property but uh god that's, that's I do you know what I'm no. I'd have to sit down and scratch my head without that. And think so. about
0: that. I, I would imagine it depends on how long they've lived there for and 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 those I imagine and if
1: if say the father is owning it but really it's it is actually the Son's property. Yeah. You know, a, a divorce, a family law court would be interested in knowing actually yeah. who is the beneficial owner of the property, who, irrespective of what it says on the title deeds. It just depends.
0: We could keep you here for the next hour, uh, Bernadette, uh, with the, the rate of text that came in. Thanks a million for doing so. That was extremely informative, Bernadette. Thank you so much. Bernadette Pearl, there, uh, uh, solicitor. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.